Yo, 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 guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Game Six Clay Podcast. It's your boy Gotham with my boys, Matt and Chuck. Gentlemen, welcome back. Happy All-Star break. Um, how we doing, man? How we doing? Doing solid, man. Uh, once again, yeah, take your time. Take your time. Either one of you. Take your time. Ring, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, glad we're back on the schedule, man. This is nice. It's nice to get a. We're gonna have a fun podcast today. I'm stoked for it. Um, no complaints, man. I wish we we had some good conversations before the podcast about starting an OnlyFans for our uh, Game Six play feet. And these guys thought I wasn't gonna bring it up, but the feet. If we all had the feet, we all agreed. The money would be there for all of us. It's a recession right here, so you know we get paid however it takes. Um, Shout out Anchor as well. Uh, Chuck, how you doing, man? How you doing? You know, I'm doing well. I'm I'm thinking a lot more about how my feet might potentially look now. Uh, So you know, got to do a little, got to do a little inventory down there. Pedicure, pedicure action. Get get it going. You guys got time, man. It's it is the All Star break. Uh, We got nine days, ten days, or whatever it is um, until the next Warriors game. Um, sitting squarely at 29 and 29, man. Uh, just a mid team sitting there 500, like the 14th in offense, 15th in defense, or something like that. So just completely middle of the pack. Um, but, um, yeah, we, this, this episode, uh, we got time. It's a little break. So we're, uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Um, I want to get into the bio market first, but we got a fun one for you guys today. We got, we're going to be grading all the players. Um, it's a mid team, 500 basketball, a lot of injuries, a lot of people in and out of the lineup. Some trades, some new familiar faces back. Uh, so we got we got a fun one lined up where we're gonna go through all our um all our grades for the guys currently um on the Warriors. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, wanted to st- want to start the buyout market. Um, big uh, hot topic today was Kevin Love um got uh bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers and and that was one name that um I know before um even all the the buyout happened was a guy that we talked about before uh, on this podcast. Um, this is a as a guy that we think we could could fit. Um, obviously, is a little a little contentious um, as anything is nowadays uh, with Warriors um, fans and Twitter or whatever. Um, but you know, just want to get you guys takes before we jump into it, man. What do you, what do you guys think about Ke- Kevin Love um, being that uh, hopefully that spark that this team needs going into the second half or second part? Yeah. So I I outlined all that in. Uh, my article on the swish theory.com had that up about a week ago. Um, seamless plug, seamless plug, nothing of it. But uh, so the main thing for me, well, three main things, I guess you could say uh, one, the rebounding is huge. The guy is still as elite as they come on a permanent basis, especially in the defensive end of the floor. Um, offensively it's, not as much there for rebounding, but that's mostly because he's like exclusively a stretch big at this point in his career. He's not the sort of interior bruiser mid-range maestro that we saw in Minnesota and in Cleveland. But on top of that, the dude can shoot the hell out of the ball and he shoots the difficult shots. I believe he's still taking like two thirds of his threes from above the break, which is huge for a big, like having a guy stretching above the arc instead of stationed in the corners where it's much easier to help on drives. And, you know, I think we've seen a lot recently, like Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga being the main drive threats off the bench. They need every advantage they can get. And a guy who can take help away for one, but also make shots when they pass back to him or run little pick and pops, you know, he sets really solid screens as well. Great catch and shoot guy. Um, I would just love to see that. And the passing is awesome. He's such a good, like, high post passer, passing from the perimeter. 
he can, you know, attack close out and make really good kickouts. Um, still like an S tier outlet passer, like just starting the break. So Warriors are still pretty middle of the pack in terms of transition frequency. They should be higher considering that they have so many good shooters and athletes who can get down the floor right now, especially, you know, Wiggs, Kaminga, Draymond's really been stepping it up there. So a guy who can just rip down the boards and start the break without even having to run down the floor, uh, that would be that would be huge for this team. What do you think, Matt? Most the same. I I think Kevin Love, and also I think one of you guys said this started this off that that Warriors Twitter is divided on this. It just doesn't matter, man. It could be LeBron, it could be KD, it could be Michael Jordan. You know, clone twenty three years old, and someone would have an argument not trying to bring him on. Uh, <laughs> no, I think again at a certain point you need NBA players. Kevin Love is just that. He is a real backup big at this point. Um, there's a world where he starts uh, in an offensive-minded series next to Draymond. He's a perfect stretch big. Uh, for anybody who wanted a Linux earlier in the season, uh, at this point in their careers, yeah, Linux probably like a slightly better player, but for what he's bringing to the table and how many minutes he would get and what he'd be asked to do, this is the same same function, right? And bringing up the rebounding is huge. This team is – we can't forget last year this team was somehow one of the best five rebounding teams in basketball, and – this year, uh, they're 20th, I think, when I looked. Uh, and I think I'm pulling it up now. One second. Um, NBA.com, I'm not using the glass, but NBA.com has their defensive rebounding percentage at 14th in the league, which, again, that's not horrible, but overall 20th. And again, uh, if you watch this team enough, though, it feels worse than that. They are the slowest team to defensive rebounds I've ever seen. It just looks like even if they do box out, they're always waiting for the next guy to go get the ball. And they all have that same mindset. Kevin Love alleviates a lot of that. And Chuck, like you said, just a guy, he, he it was him and Bill Walton for a long time as the great outlet passers in the game, right? In the history of the game. And um hey, you shout know, out I mean, to Wes too. Tom too. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Wes Unsell. Um but it's ridiculous, man. Uh yeah, so I just think again, at this point in the season, especially when you know, Jamison Green is playing better of late, but I don't think it's really too arguable that Kevin Love is an upgrade. And I know people are looking at the field goal percentage. Listen, when you play as little as he does, when your role, like Chuck said, is primarily to stretch the floor, and that's really where a lot of shots come from these days, that's going to be pretty impactful on your field goal percentage. And he's still shooting three ball well, and he's not. Um, Cleveland's shooting has been a little rocky overall. They don't have a lot of stretch at all on any position outside of their two guards primarily. Um, I think he just do really well in Golden State, man. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I think he, if he wants to win a title, I'm being totally realistic. I don't think the Warriors are the first place to go anymore, just given where they're at in the season. Yeah, but they're four. They're they're a 500 team, man. If I'm love, I'm not looking at the Warriors going. Oh man, they're taking me to the top, and that's not unreasonable. I don't think. Again, I think the Warriors are a reasonable bet. But if he's looking at uh, Brian Windhurst said Phoenix, um, somebody said Miami. I don't think Miami's a more of a contender than, than the Warriors are, but. He's gonna. He's a good fit next to Bam. He's he's uh, someone who can alleviate their center. But they're just the Miami's shallow. Their front court and the back court. They just don't have a deep team right now. So he'd get minutes there. Could potentially start. Um, so I just think there are other options. I think he'd be a great fit with the Warriors. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he's looking at this team, where you know it has been as rocky of a season from start to now as we've seen so far. So I hope it happens. I think he'd be a great fit. I think he walks into fifteen to twenty minutes a game. Um, I think especially, Chuck, you mentioned Poole and Kuminga. Can't think of a better stretch big available to open up some driving lane for those guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. The weird, the weird thing too, with love is like, if he's truly just looking to contend, then why did he get bought out from a contend? Cleveland is a contender too. Yeah. Like Cleveland, Cleveland is a better team, I think than any of the teams we mentioned, Uh, you know, Phoenix obviously being above that, but like they're, a bit of a question mark right now. They're kind of ha- going to really have to add some guys and figure things out on the fly. But like Cleveland has it close to figured out right yeah. now. They're still kind of searching for a wing, but like they're they're almost there. So I do wonder if you know maybe the appeal of just playing in a system that's really friendly for his type, like playing on a team where he can get much more of a role than just you know sort of like spot minutes guy. Um, and you know, and like- I think. Like Phoenix would be able to offer that, but you know, hey, like Clay Thompson's got to work the uh, the Lake Oswego connections here. You know, drum up some little league memories and try to get him over to the Bay. Pretty sure, pretty sure Clay beamed him in the back of the uh, back of the uh, back of the back or something. Uh, but no, I'm with you, man. Like I think just this team has uh, just such a glaring hole. Um, like obviously defense is one of their issues, but like you said, Matt, so is rebounding. Like it's a big issue. They can't. When they do get stops, they end up giving up the offensive rebound. And that's just getting rebounds is also a part of defense. You know, like you're able to get that start to break. Um, so having a guy that can do that, um, the way I'd see him fit is kind of like a most Spates kind of guy, like just pick and pop, be able to stretch the floor. Um, like you said, we got guys that can go downhill. It's, it's just having another stretch big out there. Obviously, Jermichael Green's, you know, played really well as of late, but, you know, the front court depth has always been an issue. So just getting another play, like you said, just another NBA player, on a roster spot on a, on a roster that has like four or five just not playing pieces right now. So um I think this team needs a spark. I, I do think that they, they need to make a, a move on the bio market. I don't necessarily know if that is Kevin Love. I would like it to be, but I think you do need to bring somebody in going into the stretch run to to help you, especially stem the tide um, while Steph and GP are out. Because the defense, in my opinion, I feel like it's going to come together. Um, I think they have enough good defenders on this team, um, especially when Gary Payne comes back. Um, so it's more so just about finding something that's going to get you across the finish line, get you in the top six and and make that difference between winning and losing, which is really small right now. I mean, I feel like the Warriors have punted away a lot of games where, like you said, like fourth quarter, they're, they're going on scoring droughts. Um, just small things where, you know, there's a lot of games they should have won, um, but they've all ended up being lo- uh, losses. So that's why you're sitting here at 500. So you do need a spark. But, um, yeah, I like what Kevin Love brings to the table. Um, you know, I think he can collectively raise the uh, – the grades of all the uh, players that um, have been playing this so far this season. Speaking of um, that's, that's where we wanted to go with this episode. Um, let's uh, Chuck. Um, I know you've got a nice little um, there. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. Nice little performance. Uh, what's it called? Report card, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong. They still call report cards nowadays um, in the schools, <laughs> but uh, we've got our very own uh, <laughs> Warriors report card. For our guys, man, our guys, the dudes that are 29-29 right now. Um, yeah, just, uh, you guys got you guys got your thoughts? Yeah, so just to be clear, how, how we're going to do this, guys, is we're going to uh, – each of us is more or less going to sign one of the Warriors rotation players, uh, and we're going to be grading those players. And then let's say I'm assigned to grade Steph. Uh, Gotham and Chuck would then kind of decide afterwards if I was too high or too low and kind of give their own grade. And we'll kind of just rip off each other with that. But – um. With that being said, Chuck was kind enough to award me the uh, first pick in this in this grading system. Um, I normally don't like grading, but here we are. This is fantastic. Uh, 
Yeah, so I got Steph. I did get Steph. So that was actually a, a real hypothetical. Uh, I'm giving Steph an A. Okay, I'm not giving Steph an A plus or an A minus. I'm giving Steph a uh, a nice solid A. He's the Warriors' best player. He's one of the best two or three players in the league. Um, when he's been on the court, he's been having one of his probably top three seasons ever. Um, I don't think that's crazy to say. Uh, the reason I'm not giving him an A plus, and this is not a, a knock again, Steph. If he was healthy, he'd be all, all indoubt, indubitably in the uh, in the MVP conversation right now. So the guy is he is what he is. Um, but in my opinion, there's only one guy on this whole list who deserves an A plus. I'll see. Uh, I'm just gonna spoil that. It's Kevon Looney. I don't have Looney, but I, he's the only guy I give an A plus. Steph, while he's been fantastic, and this is nitpicking to be clear. Like a lot of the other Warriors, he has been occasionally a part of these late-game failures just in wildly poor shot selection, silly turnovers. And in a season where the Warriors are 29 and 29, every every minute's counted more than, than they have previous years. So Steph has got to settle for the, uh, you know, the 4.0 here without the plus there. So congrats to Steph. Uh, what do you guys think? Am I too high or too low with this one? I think you're I think you're right there, man. Um, I think it, it'd be hard not to give Steph anything less than an A. You did bring up those turnovers, so I, I was tempted to give him an A minus after that. Um, but being not so good of a student myself back in school, um, <laughs> I, I will definitely uh stick with the A. But yeah, yeah, you're right, man. The this team, like I, I feel like Steph's had two just weird injuries. Like the, the shoulder was kind of a freak play and the uh the knee the whatever ligaments that will happen was also kind of just banging knees kind of an unlucky one so it wasn't even necessarily that he got hurt from like oh he's getting old or something like that he's playing some really high level basketball um had some big games for us um and we're gonna and obviously gonna need Steph um to to win the title this year so um I'm with you man I think it is pretty pretty prudent um hope I just need him back healthy yeah I I agree with you there I think an A is well-deserved, and I think there are some valid reasons why he hasn't been perfect. I think the passivity at times has been kind of frustrating where there are times where he's clearly the best player on the court. He's not taking shots, and this team needs him to take shots. Like, he can't he can't defer on this kind of team. Like, Clay is not what he used to be. There's no Kevin Durant around anymore. Um you know, Andrew Wiggins, I think his aggression kind of waxes and wanes, which is understandable, you know, especially considering like the huge injury layoff he's had this year. But I think that's a very fair criticism to say, like, Steph needs to be more aggressive sometimes and he needs to spend every minute out there like he is the best player on the team because he is by far. Reed, do you guys think a lot of talk has been not a lot, but there's a talk here and there about defensive slippage. Um, and that's not just that. That's the whole team. That's just a matter. Again, just, the focus isn't there. And it's also the collective isn't there to kind of take care of one another. I don't necessarily hold that against Steph on his own. The guy's 34, turned 35. He's a six foot three guard. But yeah, glad we agree. A is fair. Um, and I got the easiest job with that one. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's the real, that's that's the real grading begin. Chuck, yeah. takes away with Clay, man. I know you got the number two pick. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to like work it down in order working our way through the starters, but this one was tough. Like I, I had to take a while to think about it. And I think the thing that, you know, sticks out to me the most is the fact that the guy is coming back and still being like a positively contributing player after devastating injuries is not something I want to take for granted. 
So I'm sure some people are like, oh, his defense isn't there. He's chucking, whatever. Like, the dude's still really good. He's taking almost 11 threes a game and making 40% of them. Like, doing that at his age, coming off the injuries, taking more difficult shots now than he ever has. Some of that's him. Some of that's the roster. But he's still kill a clay at heart. Um, I will say that, like, the off-ball defense has been really a concern, even some of the on-ball stuff, too, as well. I mean, the on-ball is a little more understandable with his legs, but some of the off-ball stuff is just frustrating, man. Like, drifting away, staring, getting caught staring at the ball, um, closing guys out with his hands down. Uh, he did it against Kawhi multiple times in that game. Multiple. Multiple. Um, so I came in at a B-minus. Because I think you still have to say the dude's amazing. Uh, he's still the second best scorer on this team by far. Uh, he's still really, really, really good, but uh, it hasn't been perfect. What do you guys Gotham think? Was about to, Gotham was about to throw a knife through his camera into your desk, dude. No, nah, you know, I mean, obviously, like, again, as, as I said, I was not the best too. And so when I see B minuses, <laughs> I relate to those. And I was like, you know what? I could have gotten like an 85 or an 86, but like, you know, what are we doing here? So um, I, w- I would give him a B. Um, I'll give Clay a B. Uh, so I definitely agree with um, the stuff that the, your, your reasoning behind it. Um, I do think that like, I'm happy you pointed it out, Chuck, just the, the fact that he's still able to be our third best, arguably second best player. Um, on the team on a nightly basis. I mean, we're seeing Clay have like some of those Clay games. I know he had those 12 threes. Um, he's had loads of 30 point games. He's had a couple 40 balls. So exactly, like I'm from from that standpoint, um, for for still being such a high level contributor to what is we all think it, it can still be a championship team. Um, and what he's been doing with Steph out, man, like it's it's it shouldn't go underappreciated for for just the the amount of loads that he's carrying right now. Um, just offensively. Um, but yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like the defensive stuff is, is definitely an issue. Um, I, like you said, like the off ball stuff for me is more concerning just cause I feel like we've lost a couple games off some, uh, some bad clay off ball, um, defensive lapses on um, the on ball stuff. You know, he is not the, uh, the, you know, the clay Thompson of old, um, that, that was that premier two way guard. Um, but he still, you know, he's, he still does his job. I feel like on the ball, um, he's had his moments that he's looked, you know, very spry and, and, and being able to cover ground. And this team has, um, you know, better off uh, on ball defenders. Um, so it's not necessarily all on clay to like be back to that level. So I don't hold that part as much against him, but I'm with you, man. Like there, it's just the, what he's been able to do this year, um, bouncing back. I think he averaged like 28, 28, 29 for January and, just something ridiculous for February too. So um, he's definitely like getting into form and, and he's getting there. So I feel like uh, B minus, you know, maybe by like an 81, 82, I'll give him like an 84, 85. We'll, we'll round up the curve. I love it. Yeah. I, I'd probably go a little higher myself. And I, I fully agree. Um, I agree that the there's been issues and whatnot. It's not really debatable. And I've, I've been pretty hard on play throughout the year. Um, but I think the last month, in a half, like five, six weeks, seeing him actually be a player who, to be totally frank, is kind of carrying the Warriors offense in a lot of nights. I just didn't think he had that in him still. Um, he's still putting up he's putting up 22 points a game, 21 points a game right now, which is just, it's just crazy. Chuck, like you said, coming off the injuries he came off, it, it it felt like the best was behind us. The best of Clay is is behind us, to be clear, right? 
But yeah. it feels like maybe the best of what's to come post-injury might still be ahead of us, just given how he's played this year, which is exciting. But like you said, we're grading him on this year. And as I'm even saying these things, I might be uh, changing my mind a bit because I remember <laughs> being as frustrated as I was. A lot of those a lot of those early losses, man, that was tough. A lot of the chucking was harmful. The defense has actually slipped a bit. Again, it's not to say he hasn't been awesome. Yeah, the guy, like I said, is carrying the offense in a lot of ways. And, um, when you said second-best offensive player, Chuck, I was kind of like, what about my, my first thought is what about Jordan Poole? Then it's then my own coming, second bro. thought said, what about Jordan Poole? You know, so uh, yeah, no, I, agree. I think I'm actually Chuck changed my grade. Uh, I'm going to leave it to be minus, and I'm cool with that for now. I think his shot selection early on in the season was really harmful. Um, I think the defensive slippage is definitely worth noting. So B minus is solid. I think there's room for him by the end of the season to be at a B plus, to be honest, B plus A. But for now, I think it's a solid, solid grade for our guy, uh, number 11. Yeah, you you brought it up earlier too, like before we were recording. Uh, Warriors tied for the worst shooting percentage in the clutch this season. Uh, Clay oh. is not <laughs> not responsible for that to like a high degree because the dude just gets the ball in his hands and he flings it, and usually that works, but not all the time in the clutch. Hey man, I'm saying Clay, you get the B, man. You get the B from me. Um, I'm going to give a clay. Usually sometimes that works on that one. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you, man. Shout out clay. Shout out games. Just clay. Um, our next guy and um, third pick, <laughs> third pick, our boy, Andrew Wiggins, air Canada, uh, maple Jordan. Um, it's a tough year for Wiggins too, man. Uh, I feel like he came out the gate and uh, really came out playing like an all-star. Um, the guy that we kind of remembered from, from the playoffs and and the guy that, we wanted, we need him to be um, on a nightly basis. And then obviously he got, gets hurt, um, gets sick, misses like 20 some games. Um, and it took him a long time to kind of get back uh, onto that. And I feel like the first real um, game that we saw him play um, at a really high level was that Washington game. Um, had a few bad games before that. Um, just kind of, I guess, you know, obviously working himself into rhythm um, and then missed the Clippers game. And here we are. So I feel like Wiggs is a little weird um to grade because he's had his he's had his definitely shown obviously what he can do but um again just the injuries and not and not having just the same impact especially when when we needed him when we came back so i can't b minus just seems a little mean but i feel like that's where i'd i'd give wigs right now um i feel like b minus is pretty fair um he's coming from a b b minus kid man so i i know i know <laughs> what the uh the um Feeling is, but like a lot of it again is unfair to um to Wiggins, like just being injured, having he hasn't missed. I think this was the season he missed the most games. Um, so it it definitely is tough on him. Um, and I, I think that Wizards game was definitely an indicator of what um he can be and what he needs to be for us to, you know, um hold down the fort while Steph's out. Um, especially uh, to hold down the fort while Steph's out. So I, I do expect to see Wiggins, especially after the All Star break, um, get back into gear and and be that guy we saw against the Wizards because um, we need him. But um, up until now, yeah, I'm going to give him a B minus. Fair, fair. Uh, I think I'm going to go a little higher on that. I think he's more in like the B, B plus range. I think the injury really knocked him out of his rhythm. I mean, you can't say enough for how much jarring it would be for a guy who's like a one of the iron men of the mm -hmm. league to miss that long a stretch. And he's clearly – struggling to get back I think on both ends from there but the thing I come back to man is just the defense like the defense he brings every night the hustle the activity like 
he's really shown a lot more impact as a rebounder, um, which we saw all throughout last playoffs. Like the guy was turning into our second loony in terms of just cleaning up everything on the glass. And I mean, you just can't say enough of how important it is to have a true athletic wing who can take on almost any defensive assignment, play really well, and then stay consistent on the offensive end of the floor. You know, he knocks down his shots. He's not hunting his mid-range shot like he used to. Like, he's just been the same, like, head down, you know, workman-like guy that this team really needs because, you know, his – he's typically, like, one of the more quiet guys, but he just lets his play speak, and that's a dude I have so much respect for. So, shout-out to Two-Way Wigs. Shout-out. Shout-out, man. Yeah, I think I'd probably go – I'd probably go with B, the one that'd be minus. I don't think he's been as good as last year. Even to start, I mean, I to be clear, he was having his best shooting season before he got hurt. Um, I think this whole team has just been two or three happy the whole season, including Wiggins in a lot of ways. Uh, like you said, Jeff, the last little bit we saw, especially against Washington, he's finally getting back in the paint. And that's the Wiggins we all want to see. Um, going forward again, they just this team doesn't have the luxury to have their best athlete on the team primarily taking, taking most of the shots from the printer, right? So for them to get where they want to go, they're going to need him to do more of what he did in the playoffs last year. And just a fun reminder that he and Looney were the, I think, number one and number two um, leading offensive rebounders in all the playoffs last year, which was just, like, bonkers. But they, they're going to need Wiggins to basically be that guy if they want to be higher than 41, 40, higher, higher than 41 and 41. And um, thus far, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that even given his recent slump, He's still shooting 30, almost 40% from three, which just tells you how hard how of a start he got off to and what a good rhythm he was in. Um, I think if he was healthy for most of December and most of the last five weeks, this team probably isn't in the rut they're in, but that's not what we're doing now. So I'd probably, again, I'm going to leave him at a, at a B, solid B, um, a B minus is totally fair, I think. Solid B, solid, solid. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's, it's kind of on that fringe, but Wiggs has been solid. And I think, you know, his – as as the second part of the season starts, I think just having some time off, um, felt like he was kind of into a rhythm. So I definitely expect that to go up, and and we're gonna need it. Uh, but the next guy, shout out to Snake Draft, um, Draymond Green, um, and this one, I I feel like it, Draymond has been the one guy along with Loon, obviously, but Draymond and Loon have kind of just been holding down the fort. Um, obviously the team's not um where it's at defensively or where it needs to be, but. Um, Draymond's still, you know, just one of the greatest defenders we've ever seen. Um, his about his ability to still run the offense. I mean, I think he looks the most athletic. I think Chuck, you said earlier, he's just he's pushing it on the break all the time. Um, he's trying to get the team out in transition. Um, I feel like he's shooting a lot better. He's making a lot more threes. Um, so I mean, it's not 2016 Draymond, obviously, but it, offensively, you know, you're getting more production. Um, on most nights, um, that than we were used to be uh, used to seeing. And and that's the Draymond that we need. Um, and that's, that's the Draymond that's going to get paid. Shout out contract here, Draymond too, um, whatever his option is. So obviously a lot on the table. Um, so I want to give Draymond a B plus. Um, I think just we're not 29 and 29. If, if Draymond hasn't had some, like some of the great games he's had, and a lot of them have been in losing efforts too. I think the last one, he had 15 and 15, nine and seven or something like that. And still lost, but um, you're seeing it. Um, like it, the Draymond is has been the heart and soul of this dynasty. Is he's the guy that's going to get this team going. Um, so I think that just with 
playing through injuries too. Like I know the back was acting up. I know there's some stuff about his foot as well. So uh, banged up, especially with Steph out. So for, for Draymond clay and, and the rest of these vet guys to, to really step up and, you know, try and do, you know, get the team to where they are, you know, I'll be, you know, it's not where we want them to be, but um, you know, they could easily be um, behind as well. So um, I think Draymond has been great um, on both sides. Um, I'm not going to give him an, I'm not going to give him an A just because I feel like, um, you know, there has been some some times where just saying he punched Jordan Poole in the face, man. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, that's tough, man. But like, um, I'm counting just on the on the court, but um, yeah, we don't let off season stuff. Um, summer, like, you never get in trouble for summer school stuff, right? Like, Draymond does in summer school. Uh, but nah, yeah, I feel like you know, with Draymond, it's it's such a you, you need him, and he's been he's been up there and playing some of his best basketball at times, so um. We're gonna need them to keep it up. Like that's that's the level we're gonna need um, with the rest of these guys stepping up as well. So, um, yeah, shout out Draymond. Yeah, I'm glad you, Matt. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the famous punch because I'd be totally on board, like B plus on the A border. Um, but something tells me, and you know, I think Draymond has said it himself too. Like he feels like he can't be the vocal leader he used to be. He can't be like, you know, yelling at guys. Like maybe he's kind of lost a step in that locker room. So I think for me that drags it a little lower towards like B, B minus territory, because the thing that's interesting for me is like this team has not gotten worse on paper defensively than they were last year, but they have been a lot worse. And I think a lot of that comes back on Draymond because he is the vocal emotional leader on this defense. And if he feels like he's not respected, then, or if he's not being heard in the same way, like whatever it may be, it's having a tangible effect on them. And usually I would kind of say, you know, oh, things happen. But when you can point directly to what happened and it was entirely his fault, then I feel like you got to knock him a little bit for that, you know, like, had he not punched JP right in the mouth in practice, like we might be looking at, you know, still as good of a defensive unit as we saw last year, because he can be like the energetic vocal leader that we're used to. Um, but it happened. And I think they've gotten demonstrably worse because of it. So, you know, maybe that's a little projecting on my part, but I'm hard pressed to find reasons why this defense has not been as good as they were last year, because you've seen the step up from Jonathan Kaminga. You've seen what Dante brings to the table. I mean, he's no Gary Payton, but Gary Payton's a warrior now. So if they don't shape it up over this last part of the season and get back to that, like top five defense that we saw last year, then, you know, you got to wonder like if Draymond is still climbing that uphill battle towards being the locker room leader again. Yeah, I didn't really. Uh, yeah, that's don't you say the the punch. Uh, I, it's a good point. It's a good point. Maybe I have to reconsider my uh, my report. Hey, that's that's what we're in. <laughs> report no, report, but I'm actually gonna zag here. So here's how my grading is gonna work, right? I think Draymond's been fantastic this season. I'm gonna take him from an A plus to an A for the punch, and then an A to an A minus, um, just for the defense overall falling. And I think it's totally fair everything you said. To be totally clear, I, I don't think I think that's totally spot on. I think. Just given the description of the personnel, I think it makes total sense that you're giving the lower grade because their defensive personnel, other than Gary Payton the second, which again is a huge loss. I want to be clear on that. That's a huge person to not have. Again, I said this last podcast, I say this all the time. In my opinion, the 
individual best guard defender in the league per minute. Um, so not having that guy to take care of any point of attack business on the team that sorely lacks that as it is, especially with Wiggins being out as often as he is, um, and Kuminga being yanked around like a freaking yo-yo, dude. Uh, it's tough, right? So I'm giving him an A, though, because I would go higher, I should say, I guess, just because he – listen, I think if this team has six more wins and they're the three or four seed, uh, this might – this is probably going to be viewed as hyperbole, but I genuinely think Draymond would be, like, not in the MVP race, but I think he'd get mentioned every now and then because this team without Steph, given the way they've played – has no a lot of times no business being in certain games, being even 500 at certain points. And in my opinion, just again, we've kind of gone back and forth this throughout the year, right? Especially after the playoff, who's the Warriors' second best player? I think we got to stop that because it's, I think it's just very clearly and obviously Draymond, at least in my eyes, because this, yeah. this team without him right now, if Steph goes out, we kind of just know like they might stay afloat because Draymond is that good on both ends. And he, I forget what game it was a few weeks ago, but he just did. He did everything. I think it might have been the Mavericks game where at the end of the game, he was the point guard on the defensive end. He was just flying around like a bat out of hell. Um, and he was the only guy organizing the offense in one of those those pool stretches where we just don't know what's coming, right? And he's simultaneously kind of taken on the calming Iguodala role in a lot of ways and still kind of maintained his you know defensive presence. And I just think this team without him is – if the roles are reversed, it's, it's probably pretty similar to Stephen Draymond, but – if Draymond was out right now, this team is far worse off than any other player on the roster besides Steph being out. So I'm going to leave him slightly above that B plus. Definitely fuck the season up by punching JP in the face to start. But, uh, you know, I think he's done his best to make amends and uh, we'll see what happens in the offseason. But I think they're leaning towards just given the moves they've made so far, doing the, uh, the tough but right thing and, and keeping him around. So A for uh, our guy, Draymond Green. Love it. Yeah, nice and I think that's a good that's a good point too. Is like I think we're trying to mesh like the expectations we have for these guys. Cause you know, if I was just grading Draymond Green the player, I'd give him like an A or an A plus because he's just amazing. But when he set this standard of being like the offensive table setter and organizer and doing all that defensively, and if he's maybe, you know, taking a little bit of slip there, then that's where I start to you know, walk things back a bit. So like, yeah. Am I saying that Andrew Wiggins is a better player than Draymond Green? Hell no. Like that's, that's not what we're doing here, but yeah. Like we're trying to mesh how good these players are versus like what we've expected of Mm -hmm. them. We have expectations of those big three. Hey guys, if either of you ever punch me in the face, the podcast will have a, it'll take a hit. I'm not sure how, but um, we'll notice some differences. Definitely. I'm gonna fly, I'm gonna fly out there and just beat the hell out of you. <laughs> one one straight to straight to the to the kisser right there. Um, I got all the I got all the front courts, man. So uh, my front court, most of the front court. Um, shout out, uh, Wiggs. I guess not the only one, but this guy. Come on, Looney. I'm not even gonna waste my time with like a, a big soliloquy. Um, that's yep. There we go, Chuck. That's an A. Um, Kavon's just the Kavon's just the guy, man. He's the loon god. Um. The guys, Steve Kerr says, man, he's the, what is it, the moral compass of this team? Um, I, I There's a few players on this squad right now that when you when they're in the game, you're just confident that you ha- you don't have to worry about what they're going to do. Um, that's Looney, um, just to the T. Um, the guy comes in, he just rebounds. He's the only rebounding presence um, for us in the paint, just offensive boards, defensive boards. Um, 
just he's hitting the jumper here and there. Like um Louis is doing everything, man. Um just to have another guy next to Draymond. Um we talk about you know the lack of this front court depth, but um you know, Looney's played every single game last season and this year. Um, so we kind of take him for granted in terms of just his ability to stay on the court in a season where you've lost Steph, you lost Wiggins. Um, Clay hasn't played back-to-backs until just now. So um, for Looney to be able to be a night-in, night-out guy, um, he's nothing more you can say, man. He's been doing everything we need from him, everything we'd expect and everything we can ask for. And uh, we're going to still need it. So uh, come on, Looney, keep it up, man. Big, big love. Shout out. Big what? Big love. That's a beautiful nickname for him, actually. Just big, big love. love. Big love. You know what? Yep. Love it, dude. Call him that from now on. That's elite. <laughs> I, I uh yeah, I not gonna lie, I think you fucked this up so hard, dude. I think this was the only guy. <laughs> this was the only guy, in my opinion, who should have got an A plus. Uh listen, this guy's played every game. Uh he's not Draymond on defense. He's really, really good, though. He continues to be the most underrated switch defender, switch big in the league. Um, listen, I just think Looney is – I think he's in, in, invaluable, man. Invaluable, man. You can't – Stature's can't going up he, For what he does, you know, I, I, this is not even – you guys think I'm being hyperbolic. I think Looney deserves a statue without a doubt. Like, this guy needs to be out there. He needs to be running. Like, I need to know via his run that he's in pain somehow. Like, indicate to me <laughs> that he doesn't want to be running, but he is. Um, listen, it's an A plus. It should be an A plus. Got them. It was a swing and a miss, man. And I can't believe it, dude. <laughs> Softest toss in the world, dude. Uh, listen, yeah, I just I can't say enough. The guy is one of the best rebounders in the league, in my opinion. He is on the best contract in basketball, I think, for what he is. He's part of the best starting lineup, part of the best five man group in the league. And it's not coincidence. Uh, when when push came to shove in the playoffs last year. Uh, he was on the floor this year. He's been an Ironman, played in every single game again for two seasons in a row for a guy who, at 23 years old, he looked like Tim Duncan at 38, the way he moved. <laughs> so this is just – it's its incredible. Uh, A-plus, Gotham, I'm never going to let this down, man. Hey, I, I did it so that you could you could have this moment, man. You said he was your only A-plus. I couldn't take it away from you. Can we – I appreciate it, man. Can we take a minute for uh, Matt, a resident pessimist, being <laughs> yeah, all, for real. being all ups across the board? Like, yeah, look, look at that! Look at the look growth. At that. Look, I love it. Um, I'm right there with you, dude. Like, I think you know the whole oh availability is the best ability is such a cliche, but when you combine that, like being out there every single game, uh, now the Kind of on a technicality because Mikhail Bridges got traded and wasn't available, but now the uh, the reigning Ironman leader for the NBA, rocking like it. close to 160 straight games now. Um, not only being out there every night, but he doesn't take a night off. Like he's out there defending the hell out of whatever's thrown in front of him, whether it's bigs in the post where he does not concede ground. You know, it's like you better have a good hook shot because you're not going to get a shot at the rim if you post up on him. And if you switch him out on the perimeter, like as the Warriors all say, wrong guy, wrong guy, like you're not going to beat him. He's going to either force you into help or just like outright deny your shot. And like, dude, for a guy who (laughs) for a guy who like when he got drafted, the reason he and Bob Myers, I think really linked up is because they had just had the same hip surgery and Kavan was half his age. 
<laughs> which in hindsight should have been a huge red flag, but hell of a for empathetic Bob, man. And that's all that's all Kavan, man. Like the the dude is just an unreal worker. He's out there getting his boards, he's setting great screens, he makes an unreal like secondary like DHO hub for the offense behind Draymond. He just does everything that's asked of him every night and he's out there every game. So yeah, that's that's an A plus right there for me. Hey man, if anybody's oh, wondering why I he became a teacher, uh, just nobody agreed with any of my grades. So this is this is my uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is my calling to say, Doug, the teaching was never in the blood. With my mom's oh, teacher rough, too, man. she'd be disappointed. Sorry, mom. Oh, Sorry, I mom. know that man. Great. That's great, dude. How we been doing this for three years now, man? You you haven't brought that up, dude. And then we never had to grade stuff. And like looking at this, thank God, you know. <laughs> this is... <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Looney's top ten in both uh, offensive rebound percentage and overall rebound percentage, man. That's just the guy's six foot eight. I'm sorry, it's it's not. It's I think he had he quite jump. He can't jump, and he's doing the man. The man doesn't have two working hips, and he's one of the best defenders in the league. It's it's actually he had to be one of the greatest scientists. rebounds I have ever seen. If you last, last week, I think, or two weeks ago, he was boxed out by two guys, and somehow behind the hoop, fought for a rebound. I think it was against Dallas or it was against Cleveland, but he just the guy just fights. He is a warrior through and through. I can't say St- I'm with you, bro. Statue, statue, statue loading. It's coming. It's coming, dude. Well, uh, you get the grading out of my hands, man. Set the curve, Matt. Set the, let's get the real thing. <laughs> no, no, Set, no, no. Set the curve. You're a tough grader, man. You know I mean, you're, you're like sporadic. Like one of those teachers who like you kind of throw the rubric out the window and you kind of just like you let your – Yeah, with the vibe. Like, yeah. yeah, man. That's... I love it. I Everybody love it. gets it. Out there. Yeah, so our next guy here is um, Dante DiVincenzo, the real, <laughs> the real warrior sixth man. Uh, listen, I uh, – I'm sorry, I'm just kidding, JP. Uh, listen, I, I just think this guy is also he's he's been as advertised and kind of everything the Warriors can hope for from him um, on both ends of the ball. He's not GB two, and I know for whatever reason people just can't let that go. There are so many tweets about you know we had GB two instead. It's like we well, we don't, man. It's been six months, and we are where we are. Please relax. Dante's been a godsend. Okay, one of the he along with the five stars only got the positive net rating this year for this team. Uh, it's not a coincidence. He, he, he gets, he's on the ball. He's good. He's not great. He's crazy good in the passing lanes. Um, he is the closest, you know, facsimile to Andre Iguodala offensively. I think they've had since Iguodala just taking care of the ball. He gets the Warrior system. He's a, he's a really good shooter, shooting forty one or forty two percent this year. Um, he's also like he's clutch. Like he's hit some incredibly big shots this year, and. You know, I said before the year that uh, don't be surprised to see this guy closing games out over over Pool and over Clay. Hasn't closed over Clay, and I think Clay has. You know, he plays Clay, but the fact that we feel more comfortable out there, and again, respect to Pool, the guys averaging twenty five, twenty six points a game and step out. The fact that I think most of us feel better at the end of a ball game, the ball in Dante DiVincenzo's hands, than. The Warriors, twenty-eight million dollar player, speaks a really highly to DiVincenzo what he's been able to do this year as that Warriors guard, and we see him fitting, fitting really well with both Steph, with Poole, with Clay. He's actually, as far as three guard lineups goes, they look a lot better with him as opposed to the other combination of three. Um, he and GP two are going to be defensively just menacing when the time comes. So I can't wait for it. So uh, I'm going to give him an A. He got off to a slow start in the season, even an A minus because that start was rough. Um, 
was not awesome to start and we started him off with an A minus though. And I think he, by the end of the season, could very well have an A plus week. He's up where he's been of late. Yeah, I'm going yeah. higher, man. I'm going high. I'm going, I'm going with an A. I would have, I would have said an A plus. Um, this would have been my A plus, but um I did forget that he was out those first few games. But um again with a with a hamstring injury, so I'm not gonna hold that against him. Dante's another guy, man, that you just when he when he's in the game, like you said, you just are confident. He's kind of like Looney, um, where you just trust that he's gonna make the right play. Uh, the dude's just a hooper, man. You, you he just knows how to play the game of basketball. Um, the shooting's incredible. I didn't think he was this good of a shooter. I didn't think he was this good of a defender. Like I knew he was decent, um, but his on-ball stuff is insane. He just reads the passing lanes. Um, and like you said, man, he's a guy that you trust like to to play in the playoffs. Um, we're gonna need Dante out there. Um, he's solidified he's solidified himself into that, you know, top eight, nine for the playoff rotation. Um, if and when we get there. Um, so just for him to come in on a on a $2.5 million deal um kind of just resurrecting his career i don't think ex- expectation wise you could have thought he was going to be this good um just fits so seamlessly but the guy's been doing nothing but that um he's got to be one of the better players um better signings that we've ever had as a free agent you know um just throughout this run so um big big ups dante man um i i'm very very happy and, and I, I hope he's a, a warrior for past this season too man he just kind of fits in with with what this team wants to do and the kind of basketball that they want to play. So um, Dante's got uh, a, a plus in my eyes right now. Yeah, I think, I think Matt, you nailed it. Like I was, I was heading for the a minus all the way, but I mean, I could really go either way because it's sort of similar to Looney, you know, like what they're asking of him isn't huge and he's checking all of those boxes. Um, I'd say there have been, some moments where you know he looks a little too trigger happy offensively but when you're shooting 42 percent from deep you're allowed to do that um so that's not a major knock on him and you know i think the point too that like everyone is just viewing him through the context of he's not gary payton and yeah that's true but gary payton's not taking five threes a game and hitting 42 percent. he's not making some of the playmaking reads that dante can make and there's God, two I different players. There's there are two different players. players. Yeah. And just because they're, you know, essentially filling the same spot on the bench doesn't mean they're similar. Like mm-hmm. Dante can handle, he can push the floor in transition. He can make some really, really good reads. Like some of his rap passes off of drives are just crazy. And okay. uh, I love watching this dude just like hunt in the passing lanes defensively, like just bait guys to throw a pass that he knows he can intercept um that stuff that stuff is awesome to me and like he plays so much like a veteran uh which is so cool to see and the guy's only 26 like he's only been in the league five years like that that is so that is such a huge get for them and you were spot on Gotham like he's one of he's the best free agent signing they've made not named Kevin Durant yeah like in this area in this era of Warriors basketball and money time, baby. This is the I know this is the one that we've all been waiting to get to. Um, I think Chuck, is, is, it, is it, are you the one that's setting the curve for this one? So yeah, let me set the curve here. Um, so I think the thing that frustrates me about the conversation around Jordan Poole, and yeah, like he is the big money man now. He and Wiggins are the bag boys. Uh, nice. but 
you know, the thing that kind of frustrates me is like, just because he's getting paid 10 times more doesn't mean he's automatically going to be 10 times better. Uh, he's also only getting paid $3 million. I just want to say that. Like, this season, he's only getting paid $3 million. The contract doesn't kick in. So, yeah, yeah. But, advantage, but I know what you mean. But. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think we're still seeing so much growth on the offensive end of the floor. Like, the fact that he's been able to shoulder so much of the load when – uh when Steph has been out, I think it's been crazy. Like just seeing that awesome development where he can get so assertive on the ball. He's finally, I think having some, you know, like there's still a lot of really deep three point attempts that I think you'd like to cut out and see him be a little more assertive about going downhill. Cause he can really just get there when he wants to. And he's learning how to like draw contact and finish more consistently. Um, Man, the thing I just really want to bring up that that game against Oklahoma City, like racking up twelve assists, season high. He was just he was making every read. He was executing the right passes. Like he knows to throw two hands behind a skip pass to get maximum power. He knows when to throw the bounce pass to confuse the defense. He even has those little like those little dump off passes where he like throws his hands up like he's doing some kind of magic trick. Like he balances the really awesome playmaking stuff like that with just the really solid, simple reads now. So when you combine that with the shouldered scoring load and obviously the defense has been really bad at times, but I think he's shown a lot of improvement recently. Like he's cutting down on the off ball mistakes. He's showing some real solid on ball possessions. Uh, One thing I like for him is, you know, he's not a guy who's going to be able to stay in front of everyone. He's going to be in a trail position a lot of times but he's gotten much better at staying under control, not getting too aggressive and, you know, like pushing them in the back, getting the easy fouls. And he can still get up and block a dude over the top. Like we've even seen rotations where he's like rotating over onto like a center and he's able to strip that ball down from behind because he's just such a, such a crazy athlete. So on the whole for that, you know, like he's still a guy who's getting better every single year. And even if there are some ups and downs, like on the whole, he's, a better player than we saw last year. So I'm going to go with a solid B plus for him. B plus. Matt, I, I want to hear yours, man. I know you. Yeah, you got some no, James totally fair. So, I got to balance them out before I make my, my decision. Totally so fair. As, he says before blowing me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you guys know, right? As you guys know, I uh, I uh, react strongly to our guy, JP. So uh, when he's going great, I love him. And I, I am total just like, you know, this is, I'm the reaction. My, my peak reaction, Mary miss, that's not a word, but is is with regards to Jordan probably. Um, I, I have a harder time with the defense. I, he is a, I think a solid trail defender, Chuck. I agree. I just think there are certain points where the guy is quick enough to stay in front of people. And I think saying that he can't, it might be right now more of a matter if he won't, Like he got, he got blown by by Eric Gordon the other day has the classic little, um, I almost used a term I shouldn't have. He reaches from behind and <laughs> fouls Gordon going to the rack. And it's like, this guy, it's not something. We've seen games where he does stay in front of players, right? We've seen this, like I said, we've seen more flashes of defensive potential than we have in the past. But we don't see it often enough to the point where I'm going to, where I at least feel like it's excusable that he's not playing that way, especially given the team's current position, right? I think the effort needs to be there more frequently than it is. Um Offensively, I don't really have much of a problem with him. I wish he would take two or three. That's just the whole the whole team, probably. Um, but it's just the consistency in this game. It's again just it's it's late game mistakes. He's twenty three. I get it. 
Um, but if we're going to, you know, if we're going to kind of judge a lot of the young guys for the mistakes they make as a, as a team. Um, I think it's fair to do that same thing for JP right now, because the, a lot of the late game mistakes he's had have cost the Warriors big time, specifically in, you know, that Utah game a while back. And, you know, it's here and there, right. We know that it's like we said earlier, like I said, you guys didn't necessarily agree or disagree if I don't remember correctly, but um, I just don't, I don't trust Jordan Poole at the end of a game like I thought I would going into this year. And I also just think it's problematic that a guy who, again, as talented as anybody, I've made Kyrie comparisons since as early as, you know, the end of that, that um, horrible 2021 season. I just think the guy is so talented and so clever with the ball. Uh, but the fact that he can't be on the, the floor at the end of a game with certainty is really tough. Um, and that's gotta, that's gotta change. And I've had, I've started to wonder if you guys allowed, you know, how much of what he's doing just as a primary ball handler. And to be clear, if the Warriors don't have Jordan Poole and they only have a guy like DiVincenzo, they're not, you know, hovering around 500 without Steph. They are who I can't, they're, they're, geez, what do you think? 250. They're, they're well below. Okay. Um, but I'm just starting to wonder more and more if, if it's just maybe needing an offensive guard of any kind, whether or not Jordan Poole is specific to what the Warriors need. Uh, whereas I think, Going into the season, it seemed pretty clear to me that he was uh, a future, a future part of this team for sure. And um, you know, he was somebody who could kind of take the reins. I just feel less sure of that than I did before. So I'm going to go lower. Um, I think there's still room to grow. I think the kid is as talented as anybody, but I'm going below the B plus. Yeah, I mean that's that's where I kind of get like the the whole Jordan Poole debate because um, it is really nuanced. Like it, you have a young. In my eyes, I mean, I think the kid can be a star. Like you have a young star guard that's, like you said, Chuck, just going through, going through the growing pains of what it takes to become a star. Like Steph Curry, twenty three, was going through the same stuff um, that Jordan Poole is going through. Whether it was, you know, finishing at the rim, shooting, taking the right shots, re- making reads, and and playmaking. So for him to be as long as he is in his development to be able to still, you know, hold down the four. I think when the last three, four games of Steph was out, he's been averaging twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, even the, 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 the one where Steph was out with the shoulder, I think he averaged some close to that as well. So, um, it's hard cause like, it's kind of similar to, to, a, to a Draymond, like he, he, you're not here, you're not winning these games without Steph and Wiggins, without what Jordan Poole has done for this team. But that being said, like, like you said, Matt, there's been so many just late game, um, turnovers, mistakes, um, stuff that you wish was a little further along in terms of not seeing so many times. I get it. You know, you see it a couple of times early in the season and, and that's part of it, but it, it's kind of becoming, like you said, like just a, a thing where you, you do trust Dante DiVincenzo to have the ball more than Jordan Poole. And that's not what you'd want, or that's not what you would have thought going into the season. That's not what you would have hoped for. Um, so it, it's a very nuanced, like criticism for, for JP for me. Like I think he's doing all the right things. I think he's right there. And, you know, outside of like some three, four, five minute stretches here and there, like he he gives you good games on a nightly basis. Um, he's 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 getting better shooting. I think I think he's kind of got that Steph Curry syndrome where you know Steph has that like just irrational confidence to make and take any shot. Um, you always feeling it. Um, I feel like Jordan Poole does that a lot more often, and he's not Steph Curry. Um, which is not like a slight to him. The guy's still like a dynamic guard, dynamic young guard, but um. I feel like just, you know, been playing with Steph, I'm sure that kind of rubs off on him just to, you know, have that flair for, for theatrics. But um, I feel like we see it a little too much from Jordan Poole um, when sometimes I feel like he, maybe he hasn't necessarily earned like 
that level of a green light. But again, like you're not you're not here without Jordan Poole. I think he's he's make he's going through the developmental pains that um we ha- we you should expect. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's it's crazy if you did expect him to have some sort of just like not necessarily fall off, but just like growing pains in his game. So, um, I'll go a little lower. I'd probably give him a B. Um, but probably one of those like 86.3s where, you, you know, you try to round up, um, but can't cause the teacher sucks. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those, uh, but Jordan Poole, man, like I, I got, I, you guys know, I got, I got nothing but love for him. I think he's, I think he's going to develop more and more. And, um, the other concern also is just his, not his inability to, you know, make that same impact off the bench. Um, again, it might be just a roster thing, um, playing with some of these guys, younger guys, um, but you'd like to see that kind of impact translate into more of a six man role. Cause that's what he's going to be um, when Steph comes back, but um, to be able to step in for Steph, um, you know, Jordan Poole has done, done a wonderful job this year and she's got to clean some things up, but you know, that, that that's where this team is at in general, you know, you're 500. So um, I feel like it's just kind of par for the course. No, I think, I think you nailed it, man. Um, Next guy. Oh man, poor this, this, like, this is just the mean one. I feel like we, I know this it's one breaks be, my heart. This it sucks, man. I know it's gonna be low and like rightfully so, but like, man, who's who's setting the curve for this? Was it Matt? We got our Bob we got the number Bob one shot. Yeah, no, it's, it's, no, Matt, you said the curve for this one. No, I don't think so. No, it says Matt. Set the curve, teach. <laughs> the notes are what they say. The notes say <laughs> the notes what they say. Oh, you know what? Oh, nice. uh, I I lost you guys for a second. Um, no, I was kidding. Listen, uh, it's uh, it is me. It's me. I made a mistake. Yeah, Moody. Listen, I genuinely feel for this guy, and there's not like I just want to point out real quick. We kind of saw Moody show out at the end of another game during it's during garbage time more or less. But when that kid feels like he's free to play basketball, he's so much better than when he gets thrown in the middle of a game. And he's not. I don't think right now he's like. He's not Jalen Williams of OKC, right? I don't think he's that good right now. I think Jalen Williams, my guy, can you imagine what a – I say can you imagine, but who knows what, what our guy Steve Kerr would do with Jalen Santa, Williams. Santa Clara or but, Arkansas? Uh, Santa Clara or Arkansas? I'm talking, uh, Santa Clara. I'm talking the Bay Area, Jalen Williams, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got to say Santa Clara or Arkansas version. The Santa Clara version. God, um, yeah, the Santa Clara version, he's not that, but – he, I, I still think, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I still think this guy can be getting minutes. It just needs to be, it's got to be unconditional love from our guy, Steve, man. It can't be, you know, it's a mistake and you're out because I can't do that, man. I, you know, I, I, I'm getting observed on the job, man. I'm sweating bullets. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I feel for Moody. Um, with that being said, just, you know, he does make some silly mistakes here and there. He does, he does foul too much, but you know what? That doesn't surprise me given that, if you do silly things when you're being watched like a hawk, okay? It's just what happens. Um, so I feel for the guy. I think he's talented enough to be in this rotation. I think, you know, in the scheme of things, I think he's a really good fit next to Kamingo on the bench. I think he's a good fit next to Moody on the bench, next to Pool, pardon me, on the bench. Um, and I think, again, as a shooter, as a long but pretty slow defender, he can be effective as a bench player. But he hasn't been thus far. Uh, he has not been able to get on the floor. Um and so I can't give him anything higher than a, I'm gonna give him a C. Just because again, disappointing after last year's playoffs. Um, he started some games. He played big minutes in one of those Mavericks games. The Warriors won. It was one of the closer games to I think Kerwin with him over um, Warriors legend in Gotham's Bane, Damian Lee, uh, towards the end of that series. And 
you know, it's just it's disappointing where he's at now, but I still believe Moody can get there. He's he's not the defender, I think. That some people, some people, I don't know who people were doing him as like the GP two replacement, which just never seemed reasonable given the foot speed. But that doesn't mean he can't be a good defender. He's not been this year. He's not been the reliable, steady force that you know the step in starter we thought he could be. Um, not even close. Obviously, he's not in the rotation. But I think this hope's still there, and I'm giving him a C. And I'm not, I'm not sad the Warriors kept him over the dead deadline. So, what do you guys think? I think you're spot on. I think. Uh... The context isn't doing him any favors because, like you said, you know, the end of that Clippers game where he gets a couple long closeouts, he attacks them both, he goes for some finishes. Uh, he tried to absolutely murder Mason Plumley at the rim. Uh, it did not go well, but he went for the one-handed hammer, and I have to respect it. Like, when the guy's playing with confidence and when he's playing without fear of just being yanked, it's – it's really good. And I think, you know, people have been too hard on people have been too hard on him. And I think they've been too hard on Steve Kerr because the guy is still struggling to figure it out. You know, like it takes you a while to figure out how to play wing defense in the league if you're not like a Kuminga level athlete. So, you know, he doesn't have the same rope to sort of make up for those mistakes. Uh, you know, like Jonathan does, because Jonathan can like you know, miss a read for a second or like be a little late on the ball. But then he's like, uh, whatever, I'm just going to like contort myself crazily around this screen and like chase the guy off the perimeter and then get back in front of him somehow and still shut him down. Like Moses can't do that. And, you know, Kerr needs to like trust the guys that he's playing right now, especially with a team that is struggling. Um, And I think the hard part is, they're not struggling enough to where you're just like, uh, you know what, just give them minutes and see what happens. But they're also not good enough to do that. So it's been kind of the worst scenario for him. Um, the reason I'm going to agree with your C grade is because I think he has been pressing a lot. Uh, he's taking He's taking fine shots, but some of the reads he tries to make, like some of the turnovers are just not – like he he's playing – outside of his capabilities at times. And that would be okay if this was a team that's, you know, in the Wemby sweepstakes or if he's just like getting spot minutes when they're, you know, 39 and 19 instead of 29 and 29. So that's the reason I think it's fair. You know, like you'd like growth isn't always linear, but I think it is fair to say he's taken a little bit of a step back this season because he's trying to press and again, that goes back to the context he's in. But I do get the feeling like this would be a totally different conversation if this was a team that was just like, hey, you're getting 20 minutes a night. Let's see what happens. Because they just they can't afford to do that right now. And it sucks for Moses and it sucks for this team, but it is what it is. You yeah, know, it really feels like he was a he was a casualty of that poor start. You know, that that start yeah. took away any leeway that they had to really and you unfortunately and somehow confoundingly see this with Kaminga still in some ways, but Moody, I think, was the greatest. Um, you know, he, he suffered the most because of that three and seven start because there was no chance that Kerr, and like you said, you can't blame Kerr too much because they're not in a position to even take risks like that right now. So I think that was a good point, Chuck. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I will say C's get degrees, and I don't think Moses Moody's graduating this year. So I would have to go lower, man. Um, I just think the expectation for him was coming in to to be a rotation piece, and um, 
you know, whether that was the right uh, assessment or not, that was what it was. And so to have that as your expectation as one of your premier uh, role players, a guy that's, you know, we've talked about a lot, man, this roster is just lacking uh, playable pieces. And for Moses Moody to be one of those guys that was thought of coming into the season and, you know, some of it is obviously not his fault. I think you guys are right with this, the poor start and just not being able to have the luxury to play him uh, through, through his mistakes and, I think that, you know, he's had some, I think he really changed the game that, uh, that Wizards game uh, coming in defensively. Um, so it's not, not to say that, you know, he's not gotten better or whatever it is, but for him to just have, you know, pretty much no, like no role on this team um, at this point, uh, it's definitely disappointing um, just from where uh, the hype and what we thought he could be um, coming into the season. So for that, I'm going to have to give him lower, like closer to a C minus D range. Just, and a lot of it's not as fast. That's why I feel bad just like in terms of, his situation. And I think, you know, same with Wiseman, they, they were kind of in the same boat and obviously Wiseman went out, was able to get out and he, he's in that necessary playing time. Um, I am, I am, I'm with you, man. I'm happy they kept him. I do think that he still can develop. He's got the, he's got the, um, the, the silhouette of a good player is in there. Um, I just think he's got to, he's just got to get more playing time. And, and unfortunately that's just not going to happen this season, but um don't don't I'm not giving up on him yet, but um yeah, cost, cost controlled high upside wing and a good contract. Yeah, yeah like he, not a bad thing to have. Not, so. not the worst place to be. Um, but again, it just kind of feels like one of those wasted roster spots that obviously this team needs right now. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um who's, who's so that? I think uh I, I have JK, uh unless I goof this up too. Nah, um and I expect one of you to tell me in the next couple seconds if that's the case. So Listen, uh, I have Kaminga. I I love this guy. I love Kaminga. Kaminga is the epitome of like anybody who wants the Warriors youngsters getting more minutes. I don't always agree with you. Kaminga is the guy who actually should be getting a lot more minutes. Uh, he loves going to the rack. His mid-range game all of a sudden is just turning into this like actual weapon, which is absurd. Like the last five, six games, Chuck, Chuck, I think you had the numbers pulled up somewhere. I forget what they were, but they were – they were efficient across the board. He's shooting the three ball really well late. He's taking too many of them, probably. Um, but he just looks – he's looked more in this last five, six-game stretch in the minutes he's gotten like like a future star than he has as a, as a player ever. And that's because he's – listen, this guy is a top 99 percentile athlete in the league. If he's making jump shots, it's one of those like, okay, you can't – you really can't do a whole lot. He loves playing on the post. He can finish with both hands. Um, he really shows some passing chops too. And a lot of it feels kind of like every now and then it feels this guy gets kind of like, okay, he gets in a pickle and happens to find a decent dump off pass. And it's not always like he knows what's happening until he gets up in the air, which can be a double-edged sword. Right. Um, but a lot of the time he's driving and he's finding shooters and he is making a little extra pass that don't, that seem, you know, as fast as basketball is and as fast as it, as fast as it needs to be, they seem premeditated, premeditated at times. And I think, this this the sky really is the limit for Kaminga, and I think he deserves a lot more minutes than he's gotten so far. Um, I can't give him an A. I just that doesn't feel right. I think um, some of the off ball stuff is still problematic. I think it's tough. Again, it's a double edged sword, right? He's doing things that get him pulled, but I think he needs to do those things sometimes to grow as a player. And I think as far as what hurts the Warriors, I don't think that's one of their top five six problems. It's Kaminga's shot selection or his you know off ball defense and. Just to go on his defense real quick. The guy they stud on on the ball. He is quite literally guarding everybody from Shea Gildas Alexander to Kawhi Leonard. 
and giving them fits, like actual fits. He made Kawhi's life hard the other day on a few different possessions, and that's not nothing, especially when Kawhi was on the uh, the heater he's on. So um, I've loved this season from Kaminga, especially the last couple months. Um, I hope he continues to get more minutes because he needs to. And, again, I think we Chuck, – Chuck, you said this the other day, I think, right? This guy is just – the defensive upside on the ball is just through the limit, out through the roof, pardon me. And so uh, – if the mid-range shot is going, if the post game is real, if the three ball is anywhere from 35 to 39%, it's an, that's an all-star right there. So I'm giving him a B-plus. I'm not going to give him an A, but I think a B-plus seems apt. Uh, what do you guys think? With you, man. Yeah, just um, to follow up on those numbers too. Like, So the ones that you referenced, uh, haven't, hasn't been updated for the Clippers game, but since the new year, 61% at the rim. A little below average for where he should be. You'd love to see him be more towards like that 70% mark since a lot of that's coming on cuts and his lefty finishing isn't quite there yet, but that's a nitpick. Um, 61% on the short mid range. So the fact that he's like taking these kind of short middies and making them at the same clip, he's making them at the rim is crazy. Uh, 50% on long twos and 47% on threes. Uh, If you told me that Jonathan Kaminga could, like a year ago, if you told me that he'd sustained those numbers over a month plus of play, I would have said no. Like that's <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, but it's just it's the exponential growth for this guy that's crazy to me. And Matt, I I agree with your grade because I think he still has like some issues. You know, I think the premeditated drives are still a thing. But the thing that for me that's crazy is he the game looked too fast for him last year. And now it does not like he looks like he's playing within the pace. He's doing the right things. He's making reads off of his drives instead of kind of just deciding what he's going to do once he makes the drive a lot more often than not. And you just can't say enough good things about the defense, like having a guy with prototypical wing size, a huge wingspan, really quick feet, who's putting himself in good spots, making incredible rotations off the ball too. Like, (laughs) I mean, outside of their starters, like he is far and away the best defender on this bench. Uh, It's not even close in just in terms of the versatility he can offer. Cause you know, I love Dante, but once he's not guarding like the, you know, Mike Conley's of the world, like the, the smaller guards that he can sort of like physically dominate, it's not really there. And when you have a switch everything scheme and you have a big who can take on, I mean, a wing who can take on any assignment from a guard all the way down to a big, like he's had some possessions where there's one I think of and just reference all the time where early in the season, when they had that, uh, that game where everyone sat against Pelicans and they just got their doors blown off. Um, there was one play where it was like, I think it was like multiple times, Jonas Valanciunas, one of like, the strongest guys in the league tried to post him up and got nowhere. <laughs> like, like he did not concede any ground to a dude taller than him, stronger than him, weighs more than him, much more experienced than him, which is nuts. And uh, the other night too, like against LA, he had one drive, two drives in particular I want to bring up that I think kind of sum up where his game is at. One, he drives on Paul George and he – you know, puts a little shoulder into him, like tries to get some separation, just blows him off the ball. Like creates Moved like him. It creates two feet of separation against like one of the better defensive wings in the league. And 
he had another where he drives on Kawhi and he faked him up in the air, stayed on his feet and got a trip to the line. Like those were not things that I, you know, like the physical dominance. Yeah. That's always been there, but the actual craft starting to come along his game on the offensive end of the floor has been awesome. And no, he's not going to be a 47% three point shooter going forward, but even if he's just league average out there, if he's starting to hit these mid-range shots, he's dominating on the drives, he's cutting and screening, uh, like we've seen earlier. Um, the graphic, too, I thought was crazy was uh, that of all the players on the Warriors who screen often for Jordan Poole, that being uh, Kevon Looney, Jamichael Green, and Draymond Green, uh, Kuminga screens generate the most points per touch for the team. Like, that's nuts. Um, and one other thing, uh, Kuminga is not screening for Steph enough because that could be an absolutely lethal duo lethal. that they really need to unlock. So, yeah, I'm right with you on the B+. Plus. Like, this guy is – he's a killer. And I I can't wait for him to be, like, the the defensive future of this team. I mean, I yeah, could have put it better. Yeah, the offense is going to be there too, man. Um, I I would totally agree with. It. I don't think I could add on to more much more of what you guys both said. Um, uh, but I'm going to adjust my grade. I was going to stick with um B plus, but I'm going to go higher. Um, I think, and Chuck, you kind of you kind of swayed it for me, man. When you said, you know, thinking back to a year ago, if you would have thought Jonathan Kamingo was this good, um, and I I feel like most of the answers for people were going to be no. Um, just the leap the guy's taken. Um. He, again, he's he solidified himself as a guy that you trust in the playoffs, a guy that you trust with big minutes. Um, and I don't know if everybody was con- convinced that, that that's what Kaminga would develop into. Um, so obviously, yeah, is there stuff to clean up? Obviously, like the, he's not he's not there yet. Um, I think, again, just, uh, you know, uh, I love the way he's just driving, though. Um, I think he's not selling for bad threes um, on a team that takes a lot of bad threes. Um, so the guy, the guy's just got so much room to grow, but for, for him to have the, the role that he does have right now, um, I think he deserves to be in the A category. Um, I think that he's, he's played himself into one of the better, better rotation pieces on this team. And, and, you know, the more minutes for coming at the better, I think we, we can all agree that he needs to be out there as often as possible. I so desperately want to see, especially when Steph is back. Gray, Kaminga, Wiggins, Clay, Steph. And I, I just think that lineup, if it does what it's supposed to do, I think that's that could be it. And I, I trust Kaminga on the – I want him in a closing lineup at some point because I think he can be out there. And I think that, that Curry needs to trust more to be out there because he is just playing so heady now. And he does defer way more than he used to with Steph on the floor. Like he understands the game plan when Steph's out there now in a way that I think will really uh, accentuate his value. But – Needless to say, we've given our we've given Joe his flowers, right? So we've got Michael Green next. Switch of you two guys. I got, the, I got of, my, uh, the last of my Green. the last of my front court um, fantasy team plus Andrew Wiggins. Um, but uh, Jamichael Green, man, I I've, I love the signing when we when we got him. I think that um, just seeing him in that Denver series, just his ability to defend, just be that uh, rebounder, and uh, you know hit hit corner threes. Um, so when we signed him, I was definitely um, I, I thought that he he was going to be a solid rotation piece and somebody that can that could fit into the system. And obviously, it was a little slow start, I think, for Jamal Green. Um, just I guess whether it was you know getting used to the offense and then he got hurt um, and he had that infection 
Uh, but we were really starting to see him come along. I think his last – I can't, couldn't tell you how many games, but the last few games that he's been playing, it feels like, you know, he's got that that toughness back, that, that just that interior presence that this team just really, really needs. Um, and he's been hitting the three um, on a pretty solid basis. I don't have the numbers or anything. Just, just eye test. It feels like he's been he's been shooting the shooting the ball really well. Um, but you know he, he's he's on he's playing a role that you know this team needs. It's it's front court depth. Um, we talked about Looney. We talked about Draymond, and both these guys just need need a break. And and for Jermichael Green to be able to come in now, especially the last you know five seven games, ten games, whatever it is, um, to come in and you know really just be that big man for the second unit. Um, he's been, he's been playing great. Um, so I'll give him a B. Um, I kind of, I'll kind of look past the, uh, the initial season struggles, um, uh, just being so that, you know, he's, he's a vet took some time to, to get adjusted, but you've, you've heard Steve Kerr talk about when they did sign him, he, they felt like he was a guy that could come in and, and play in the system and, and play well in the system next to these guys. I think listening to Draymond and Dante talking about, um, Jamaica green and just the roller coaster that he's been on this season in terms of staying healthy and, and carving out a, a rotation piece for himself. Um, he was out of the rotation for a while too. I, th- I think Steve Kerr touched on as well. Um, so for him, so for him to play himself back into being a rotation piece, um, has been huge. Um, and we're gonna need him to go forward. I can see it. You know, I, I put him on the B minus B range, but um, I'll give him the benefit of that just with going to the All Star break with um, with some solid games under his belt. Yeah, you make me you make me feel a little bad uh, for going lower on him, but. Your instincts were right. Uh, since coming back from the injuries, hitting fifty-two percent of his threes. I test never fails. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, that's that's the mind of a hooper right there. He knows. Um, he knows when the shots are falling. Shoot, shoot, baby. But yeah, man, like it has been, it has been brutal. You know, like the persistent wrist problems that seem like something that's just kind of not going away. Something he's just gonna have to deal with. The infection, like getting COVID, like that. That stinks. That sucks. Like that, that sucks. that sucks, dude. And you feel bad for him because you know when you come in on a one-year deal to a team that's supposed to be proven, um, not being able to find that consistency is pretty rough. But I do, I do like what he brings to the table from a rebounding perspective. I love that offensively, not only can he like hit the shots sometimes, but the guy is really good at just like finding the soft spots in the defense, like knowing when to just very subtly snake across the baseline into the dunker spot. He's a really good cutter, I think. Very solid passer from the post too, man. Like yeah, he yeah. He's been, reads. he's been in the green in terms of assist to turnover ratio, which is what you love to see from a big. Like as long as you're helping more than you're hurting, that's awesome. Um, And man, the cutting too, like I think – I think, you know, Wiggins and uh, Kuminga are sort of one and two in terms of just like bailing this team out with really timely cuts. But there have been so many times where like someone drives the baseline, they have no idea what the hell to do with the ball. Like all their options are closed off. And then boom, like Jamichael Green is cutting down from the perimeter. He's inside. He's getting a pass. He's slamming it home with authority. Um. I'm still going to go a little lower just because I think I'd like to see the defense be better. I'd like to see him be a little more switchable. Um, Obviously they didn't sign him to be an on impact rim protector, but he's not really doing much there. So, you know, he's, he's been solid for what he is like, you know, being on like that B minus C plus range is it, it's what you, you get with it's degrees man you get degrees yeah. with those you get degrees he's, with those he's, he's passing for sure passing for sure 
Yeah, I'd go the you say C minus Chuck, C minus C plus. I'm going C minus or C probably. I just it's not. I want to first of all shout out the guy for the last ten games or so because, like you said, he's been really good recently. Actually, um, not incredible, but he's been a backup big, which the Warriors that have desperately needed all year. Um, if he had been as reliable as he has been recently to start the season, uh, the Warriors probably be in a little better shape. I don't think a whole lot of their issues obviously extend far, far, far beyond, pardon me, uh, Michael Green. But I go lower. Um, but I think, again, the, he's trending in the right direction and has been for quite some time now. Um, TBD and what the Warriors do with a buyout, but – he's their third big and he's playing like he has been recently and that's it's just having an option it is just having a body sometimes that matters um, and Chuck, make, make him a, make him a b minus for me man um <laughs> i can't can't have two i can't have two grade levels below i'll go i'll go i'm sorry man i'm sorry man i'm sorry man i grade like that it's like hey you've worked really hard i'm giving yeah you like i felt but like you um, went with the c plus and i was like all right man i can't be two grades off like we'll go we'll go b minus uh, but yeah, I just, I can't go much higher, but I think, I think going forward, he's looking a lot better, but his play to start the season and for most of the first, you know, 30, 40 games besides his, you know, really unfortunate health situation for a while. Uh, he was not, he was, he was silly, man. He was not rebounding. He was turning the ball over in ways that I just couldn't imagine a veteran of his stature would, would turn the ball over. And it was really ugly for a while, but yeah, I think going down to a C minus is probably where I'm at. Oh, I I think that's more than fair. Um, Very fair. Swinging, swinging in the opposite direction now. Uh, we're down to our two-way guys. So I think we wanted to nail down, like, everyone who's consistently been in the rotation, you know, I think trying to grade Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, you know, Ryan Rollins, obviously James Wiseman no longer on the team. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd give I'd give Gary Payton an A-plus just for walking in the building. Vibes, vibes. Pure vibes being the young glove, uh, being sick, but yeah, these, these are the guys we got right now. And Ty Jerome, man, like being, being a two-way guy, like there are no expectations really, you know, like if you're not really contributing, it's kind of whatever. And if you are contributing, like he does every time he plays, um, like I just can't get enough of watching this dude. Like the his offensive process is so cool. Like the way he just he's not the most athletic guy, so he knows he needs to be like technically sound. He'll put a defender on his hip. He'll keep them there. He'll hit his nasty floaters. Um, you know he doesn't like. Well, you don't even need to get to the rim when you're hitting sixty percent of your floaters. Like, it's just nuts. And sitting right at fifty one percent from the field. Well, I should say. Uh, 57% on twos, uh, 41% on threes, 91% from the line. 50 plus 90, baby. Just absurd production. Like, and I know he's probably not going to be able to get the qualifications because he hasn't like played that many games, 36 games so far this season. But man, if you're putting up like a half season of 50, 40, 90 ball and you're still doing enough defensively, you know, I think there have been like some off ball struggles. Um, but he know he knows exactly what he is, and that is a role player I love. Where he's not trying to do too much, he's not you know trying to put the team on his back, and he's not heat checking. Like he takes the right shots, he makes the right reads on defense, he makes the right passes. Just such a solid all around guy. So I'm gonna go ahead and pop an A minus on him because if you're getting 
a rotation caliber guy out of a two-way contract, everyone wins, baby. Like Ty, someone's going to pay Ty Jerome a lot of money this offseason to be a backup guard, and they should because he's a real NBA player. I love it. I yeah. love it. Go ahead, Gotham. No, I was about to say, man, I got nothing more to add, bro. I got, I love Ty Jerome. Just his ability to be just that quintessential point guard. Like the guy is the definition of a point guard. Um, will make the right right play. Just it it feels like the game settles down um when he's out there. Um, another guy that you know you trust. I, I like his shot too. I think um uh, clearly, I mean, shooting 41% from three. Um, uh, that push shot is awesome. So for for a two way guy to come in and and be in you know to be fair both of our two two way guys have been able to you know carve out a a niche for themselves on this team but Ty specifically just you know especially in a season where you lost Steph Curry for a lot of games um to to be that third guard next to Dante and, uh, and Jordan Poole um Ty Jerome's been great I think an A minus is perfect so I love Ty Jerome. Yeah, I also love Ty Jerome. One of my great wishes and one of the great tragedies of the last three years is that Brad Wanamaker <laughs> was uh <laughs> Brad Wanamaker is not was not Ty Jerome for the 2020-2021 season. Uh I can't like like Gotham said, I can't add a lot to it. I think the guy is just really a really good offensive basketball player. Um and he works his ass off on defense. He's not good. He's 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 not a good defender, but he works like really five, hard. Ten, that's a lot of the battle, man. He's a good transition player somehow. Uh, he's probably one of their better finishers in transition. That's, that's mind blowing. He uh, that floater shot, like you mentioned, that is just what an what an absurdly Money. efficient shot for Ty Jerome, man. And again, just add him to a this just deep deep Warriors guard rotation where you trust that guy to have the ball in his hands in a lot of situations, especially with the right personnel around him. So I I might even just given what he's uh, brought. No, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Uh, I'm going to leave him at an A minus. I was going to say the first part of the season he was not great, and he's probably over relied upon. Um, but he's been awesome. I think A minus is totally fair. And last but not least, Anthony Lamb, Chuck. I know, I know, you're the one setting the curve for this one. Um, take it away, man. I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear this. Yeah, I got to counter you right off the bat. Uh, last and definitely least. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, man, I think. You know, when we were doing this early on, I kind of wanted to, like, wait and see what everyone was doing. So, like, we didn't have any spoilers. Um, But I definitely spoiled my rating on Ty on uh, Anthony Lamb earlier. Uh, <laughs> directly to jail. Uh, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously, this is all coming down to the off the court stuff. So, like, you won't. You won't catch me seeing good things about this man in a public space ever. Uh, but man, on the court too, like the guy is just like one of the most headache inducing perimeter defenders I've seen. Like he's, he's so rough at closing out sometimes, like just making so many boneheaded decisions. Like last night he checks in against the Clippers and immediately just like gets all up in Eric Gordon's airspace and fouls him on a three. And he does this kind of stuff all the time, like closing out with his hands down, doing all these just really like mistakes that you can't have if you're trying to be like a rotation guy. And, you know, I think it spoke to how much they just value catch and shoot shooting because he's still been solid at that this season. And, 
you know, he can make some good passes here and there, but man, it, he like, I don't even think it's close. I think he's been our worst rotation player by a mile. And, you know, if he wasn't like a prison candidate off the court, you'd probably feel pretty good about like, Hey, we got a guy who can hit some shots and make some passes on a two way deal. Um, but screw this dude. Like I no, no. So jail, jail for me. Body that shit, Chuck. Uh, I'm gonna keep it just strictly basketball. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, dude. He, he's he's mind numbing sometimes. Uh, just with, I feel like the three also was just such found money. Like I feel like he just struck like fool's gold for a couple weeks, and we all kind of just myself included. I mean, I thought he was, you know, a better shooter, but. I feel like he takes a lot of th- – like, whenever he's open, he's going to take it. I feel like a lot of times it's not necessarily the best shot. Um, it seems like Steph Curry doesn't like playing with him either. I think there's been a few clips now that's going going around of Steph just not not vibing with him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I got – I don't want – if we had to sign one of Ty or Anthony Lamb, I think it's clearly Ty Jerome. Um, I Anthony, I would rather have Quindary Weatherspoon. Um, I've been saying this since uh, training camp and we didn't sign the guy. Um, I would 1,000% have him over Anthony Lamb right now, especially right now, um, purely from a basketball sense. Um, the dude is just uh, one of the forgotten two-way guys. I, I'll miss uh, Quindary. But, yeah, um, I don't have a – I mean, if you want to put a grade on it, I'll give him like a D, D plus. Um, and just, yeah, he just pisses me off every time he's on the court. Um, and it's not even from like an off-the-court thing. That shit just – I don't know how he's still on the team, but purely from an on-the-court perspective, he pisses me off when he's on there. Um, the games that he's in street clothes, I look forward to because Ty Jerome is playing, um, and that's amazing. So I'm I, I'm looking for taking us back to the uh, the buyout market stuff that we talked about. Kevin Love, I wanted to take uh, Anthony Lamb's minutes, whoever that is. Um, just just get this guy out of the rotation, man. There's no way that a a championship um, team and playoff contending team should be playing him right now in in, in a crucial rotation piece. Um, that's that's kind of that's kind of where the problems have been. Um, just that kind of spot. Um, your ninth, tenth guy, eleventh guy, whoever it is. But in a regular season, those matter. And uh, this guy's not cutting it, man. It just irks me. Yeah. Can I just before Matt, we get your grade. Like, I'm glad you brought up the Steph thing too. Like that clip we all saw of Steph going up to him and trying to explain to him, like, "Hey, you did this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need you to do this." Like, yeah. we don't know what was going on there. And Lamb just, like, blows him off. Like, dude, I don't care who you are. If Steph Curry talks to you, you listen. You like, listen. plain and simple. Like, you don't – you don't, you can think whatever he's saying is complete bullshit. I don't care. Like, just acknowledge him as the leader and the face of this franchise when you are, like, just a guy. You know what I mean? Like, that is so ridiculous to me to, like, <laughs> not – Give you know what? Guys. That should be jail. Fuck. <laughs> Looking off yeah, Steph Curry. Throw, throw him me? in jail just for disrespecting <laughs> Steph. That's that in my in my world, that is definitely be uh, a bookable offense. Um can't be doing <laughs> that to Steph. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I want to start just by the whole thing's been disappointing with the Warriors this year. Um for signing a guy with the allegations he has against him right now, uh, for an organization that prides itself. Supposedly, you know, um, as being relatively progressive and and supportive of you know groups that that need support and whatever way shape and form that is, and Anthony Lamb is 
shouldn't be on the roster. I think we agree on that. I also think, um, you know, the on-court stuff, I think people see that work. Like you said, Gotham, the, the three does feel like fool's gold a little bit, but he's been making it. Uh, the defense, people like his defense because he's got pretty good foot speed laterally. But if you just watch the guy for a few minutes, you're going to see him overhelp too much, multiple, multiple times. He'll help off the strong side. He will, uh, he'll do all kinds of things that you just shouldn't be doing. And the Warriors pay for it every time. Um, I'm going to just leave no grade. I'm going to leave no grade for him. Uh, that's not, I don't feel bad about it. I think his, his play has been probably overrated and, just don't feel comfortable giving this guy a whole lot, but wouldn't be passing necessarily. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I hope he's not on the roster come come uh, crunch time. Yeah. Nah. Fingers, yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Fingers crossed that is a buyout. Um, before we get out of here, guys, this was awesome, by the way. Um, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, this grading of of, our, of the Warriors this season. I feel like we we did a great job breaking it down at we obviously all agree to most most extents on all these grades, but obviously let us know uh, whatever, wherever we post this, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Spotify, whatever it is, let us know. But uh, before we get out of here, man, I want to I want to give a front office and coaching staff grade. Um, be real quick. Um, just your thoughts, because obviously that that has been a part of, of why the Warriors are where they are at 500. So, Matt, Chuck, um, what, are you, what are your front office and, and Steve Kerr coaching staff? kind of grades um before we head out on here you know i'm gonna give um i'm gonna give kerr a b probably i don't think it's been his best season but i don't think again sometimes coaching a lot of the time and you'll hear i think hubie brown has this cool quote about just whether you you don't have the horses you're not gonna win a race you know and this year the warriors haven't had the horses a lot of the season they've had wounded horses a lot of the season um and you can't hold the guy I think too much accountable to a lot of the struggles. I do think there are certain moments where and certain really valid criticisms for maybe overplaying the two way guys or not giving enough leash to some of the young guys and not being willing to trust a guy like Patrick Baldwin Jr. at all. Um, I think there's some valid stuff to be concerned, not concerned about there, but to have to take issue with. Uh, but again, this is uh four, you know, four time coaching champion, Steve Curry's a 35 time champion overall. Uh, when push comes to shove, I do trust him to do the right thing. Um, but I don't think it's been his best season, uh, with regards to our guy, Bobby, Bobby Myers. What about Bob? Um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's be real. They, the team, um, didn't come into the season with, with, uh, the roster that he needed to, to compete for a title in all, in all reality. Um, and that's, I think there are some pretty easy fingers to point at the, the big man upstairs, uh, Joe Laker before Bob Joe. wants to do that, especially with, uh, in light of recent reporting around Bob not wanting to be a guy potentially who has to sever ties with a Clay or a Draymond or a Steve, um, you got to imagine that he had less of a hand in the the youth movement than than Joe. So I'm giving Bob a B as well, especially for swinging and hitting me or hitting a Divincenzo. That was a huge signing. Bringing back Gary Payton was also huge, and again, may not pay off this year the way we wanted to want to, but um, being willing to. That's a front office collaboration. They're really willing to get off Wiseman. I can't say enough is not a thing a lot of organizations would have done, um, you know, so early on, relatively speaking, in the number two all, overall thing experience. So it's solid Bs for both. If you said B minus for Bob Myers, I wouldn't take issue with it, even if you said C, to be honest. But I'm going B for both. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. I So I think with Kerr, like, 
a lot of that is, you know, it's baked into what went on with the front office and that's where I want to start. Um, but I think you got to separate it out into two different parts. Like the off season, I think being generous, I'll give him a C, you know, like, yeah, Dante was a home run. Jamichael Green, you know, who could have seen that like his wrist was going to get messy and that he was going to have random infections and COVID and stuff like that's not stuff you can predict, but you know, whatever politics were going on there, they did not do enough to keep this roster in contending form in the off season. And I think that's where the C comes in. Um, and, you know, granted it's just off one move, but absolute a plus for what he's done during the season to convince Joe Lacob to move off Wiseman um, to avoid the whole sunk cost fallacy where you're trying to, you know, hold on to this guy for as long as you can and see you can get something or, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was willing to take the hit for trading the number two overall pick for just a capable rotation guy. And kudos to him for that, man. Like that, that can't be easy. Cause you know, you're gonna, you know, you're going to take the brunt of that, but he did that for the core of this team because Gary Payton was instrumental to their run last year he will be instrumental in years going forward. All the core guys love him, and he can play right now. Um, obviously, I mean, not literally right month, now. Yeah, month from but, now, but like when he's available, he's ready to go. Um, like he's always going to be contributing on a night out base, night in night out basis with that defense. So, yeah, like I don't think I don't think Bob Myers got enough love for you know being able to like take that one on the chin and go, hey. My bad. I did not do enough. Here's me doing enough for you guys. I'm using the assets we have. I'm not going to, you know, muck up the works in the off season when I think they're going to be hunting for like a bigger fish there. Um, and he was able to save Joey Lightyear's a little money in the process. So I think everyone's happy. And going into that with Kerr, I think he's probably on like the B plus A minus borderline. You know, I think that the the lineup decisions have been a little iffy and, I wish I wish he was a little more flexible in who he closes the games with. You know, like there have been some times where Clay's having an off night, Kuminga's playing really well, Clay closes, he misses shots, he hurts them defensively, and they lose because of it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I understand you don't want to sort of like gum up what's going on with how dynamic, like how dynamic that those five guys are when they're on the court together, the starting lineup, but like Clay's the kind of guy, you know, he does not take that kind of stuff personally. Like he'd be the first person to say, I'm not having a good game. You know, no one has to tell Clay that he's not playing well. Like he knows when he's having a rough game. So I would like to see a little bit more there, but he's done, he's done a lot with a little, you know, like having these big absences from Steph and Wiggins having not nearly enough bench players, you know, having to go to like an eight man rotation just to win games in February. Like that's tough. That's tough calls for a coach to make. And, you know, he's had to navigate so much. Um, Thankfully he has experience with getting punched in the face by superstars. So he's definitely able to uh, calm those waters a bit and bring everyone together. Like, you know, so much of so much has been talked about of Steve Kerr in the past is that he's incredible at managing personalities. And I think we've really seen a masterclass of that this year. Like he's kept everything so under control. And I think 
a lesser coach who had more of an ego or more of an idea of what his role is in this would have maybe steered this team towards breaking up in the offseason. And the reason why it still looks like this core is going to stay together is because of Steve Kerr. I have no doubt about that because the work this guy does behind the scenes is just unbelievable. 100%, man. Um, I think you guys hit it. I, I'd give Kerr a, a B um, and a lot of it, like you said, um, just with the roster that he's been given. Um, the reason the grade falls for me is I, it does feel like the defense – I mean, not feel like it, the defense is obviously taking a step back with Mike Brown um, not being there. Um, so, you know, you want to see – maybe it's not necessarily a Kerr thing. It's a coaching staff thing in general, but – um, just that significant drop off, like you said, it feel, felt like for the most part they had um, the players to do it, not necessarily maybe as as the third, second or third or whatever they were last season, but the drop off feel is just kind of really bad. But outside of that, I'm with you, man. Just uh, with all the bullshit that's been going on in the season, for the Warriors to still even have, you know, a very very good chance to to pull this off um, with no staff, with no Wiggins uh, for a large part. Um, you got to give credit to Steve Kerr. Um, I do think that the the lineup changes, like you said, Chuck, I, I would like to see him be a little bit more flexible. Maybe give a guy like Patrick Wallace some run. Um, PBJ has been my guy. Uh, I think that dude still can be an absolute uh, piece to this this team, and it could be the missing one, uh, if I'm being honest. But um, I'll get, I, I want to separate the the front office. I like how you did with the offseason and, and this one. Um, I think in the season, like you said, Chuck, um, making that move for Wiseman, massive. Um I'll give him a B plus for that just because it felt like it was the right move to do. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, this is, you know, you guys did something crazy. Like it's the right move to do. I think bringing back Gary Payton was, you know, getting a guy that can play in, in a month or whatever it is, a guy that fits. Um, so to be able to have the the humility to get off that. So shout out Joe Lacob, but um, they just, they shot the bed in the off season, man, to come off a championship and to be struggling this hard to get wins together, even, just because your your roster is so is so thin, um, granted, you know they they were betting on the young guys to to figure it out or whatever it was. Um, the, the team was just not ready to to go um, in terms from a roster construction standpoint. So no, I think that definitely impacts you know what what Kerr and the coaching staff can do. But um, that being said, you know going in the last half of the, or last part of the year, twenty four games or whatever's left, um, these dudes have the team is there. Um, I think they have. They can compete with anyone in the West. Um, they're set up there. Just need to be healthy. Um, but this was this was a fun episode, guys. Um, great grades. Um, little little midseason report cards for everyone. Um, everyone, let us know how we did. Um, I think we I think we nailed that in terms of the grades. Um, you know, all of Matt's fellow teachers out there, um, let us know how you guys would grade the Warriors. Um, I think we uh, we knocked that one out of the park, guys. Before we get out of here. Um, anything to shout out over all-star break, um, anything in the works boys? Yeah, I'm, uh, cooking up a little with a Swiss theory. Hopefully, uh, sometime next week, maybe after that, uh, trying to have a more together, uh, dashboard for this whole Warriors team that people will be able to peruse learn a little bit more about the roles how everyone's performing within them uh some stuff on the playbook as well uh yeah keep an eye out for that at the theory.com and you can always check my stuff on twitter at clathius 11 at clathius check them out love it uh i got nothing coming up the next week or so it's all star break so i recap games and when there's no games i don't recap anything
So um, check out the uh, GSW Fast Breaks Up guys. A lot of really cool riders there. Um, keep checking out Chuck as well. The guy is, you know, Zach Lowe is sweating bullets over there at ESPN, knowing that Charlie Cummings, <laughs> Charlie Cummings is waiting in the wings, man. So I, I want everybody to know Chuck got a Chuck got a uh, he's got a Reddit sub uh, sub tweet page or whatever. There's people out there just tagging <laughs> his work. So if you do if you do are a big Reddit uh, person. Uh, go tag Chuck. Um, he's already getting some cloud over there. So let's get that up. Uh, it's, shout, out, it's, shout out to my guy, uh, Jocular Mango, for shouting out the piece on there. My dog. My dog, Jocular. <laughs> you know what you're doing, man. Um, here from here, man, obviously, have a great all-star break. Uh, everybody enjoy the festivities. Um, we got the second part of the season coming up, guys. This is going to be this is the stretch run. Um, I think this team still has a chance to win a championship or defending champs. Don't we forget that. Um, it's still right there. But until the next episode, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.